You know, life is not like what we imagined. It's got all these twists and turns. And if you're not founded in faith, if you have no foundation, there's no chance you can battle this um, treacherous path of life's journey. And even among Christians, you know, we thought life's going to be in a certain way. But uh, many of us know the fact that that's not how it is. Um, there's so much protocols and so many things that we need to know to win this battle. Just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean God is obligated to release everything to you unless you gain a certain amount of revelation, understanding, you just can't break through. Um, how do I put this? But what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of protocols that we need to follow before we can really break through. Just being a Christian ain't enough. You need to understand. You need to grow in revelation. You need to grow in understanding. And then be the overcomer that God is calling you to be. The Bible says, he who overcomes, I will grant him the right to sit with me. Hallelujah. So today, uh, I want to continue. For last week, we saw the Hebrew anointing. What does it mean to be a true Hebrew? It's, it's not about being from the nation of Israel, but it's about an experience. The Hebrew is the one who has gone through the experience of passing from death to life. And how, once you come under this covenantal anointing, the privileges of being a Hebrew. Many of us sitting here are the true Hebrews. We've gone through many dangers. We've crossed over death. We passed over that, and we now are strong in Jesus Christ. We are alive and well. And so I was, the, one of the reasons I brought that up last week is because we can't emphasize enough the need for people all over the world to come to Christ. We got to go and tell to the whole world to come under the refuge of this covenant. It's a very uh, urgent and very pressing need of the hour that we have to get the people under the fold of this canopy called the blood covenant of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, the enemy is going to wreck a havoc. There, I, I remember the Lord telling me that the, the nations that do not have a covenant with Christ, he's causing a heap of ruins. If you look at the Middle East, if you look at the Far East, he's trying the best to keep... Christ and covenant out of these nations so that he can make it a heap of ruins, these nations. And even within the United States, there's such an urgent need for us to go and usher people into this canopy under this umbrella of the covenant of Jesus Christ. So important. Because what is about to come, the great tribulation and the great agony and pain that will grip the world, only if you are in covenant, you can withstand what's about to come. This is, and so we who are in the covenant need to pray for the burden to get as many people into this. There's no other way they can tackle the heat that is about to come. And today I want to talk about a continuation from the last weeks. We looked at the Hebrew anointing and the, how important it is to get under that covenantal anointing. So that no matter what weapon is formed against us, 
it shall not prosper. The Bible don't say that there will be no weapon formed against us. It says it would be formed, but what? It will not prosper. The Bible doesn't say that the righteous do not have afflictions. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all. Come on, say all. Delivers us out of all. That's the privilege of being a Hebrew, a true Israelite, a true Jew, a spiritually circumcised person covered by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And today I want to take it a next step further and I want to talk about the topic of possessing the promises of God. Turn with me if you have uh, a Bible to 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. You know, uh, it's a sad state. But however, I, I see light coming at the end of the tunnel because so many Christians have been so disappointed because they've had promises, they had potential but they have not been able to fulfill it. They have not been able to see any light at the end of the tunnel. And when I say that, I see hope because there are new teachings coming that is going to help people to get to their promised land. It is not easy as you think. You know, uh, as the gospel sounds simple, it's just like an iPhone. It looks very simple and easy to use. But what's in the back end is very complex. It's intricate. It makes it easy for the user, but what goes on in the back is not a joke. Similarly, as Christianity sounds fairly simple from the outside, but the workings of it is very complex. It is not easy, as you think, to navigate through it, because you have to understand certain protocols. You have to know certain alignments before you can fully unleash the full power that is available through the gospel. 2 Corinthians first verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen unto the glory of God through us. So all the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, I have given you these cities and these land, but now you go and possess it. So in the spirit realm, all the promises of God have been given to us now. It's been released in the spirit realm, but you and I have to go and grab it. You, you and I have to go and possess it. And uh, as we look at the, if you study the Old Testament, we see the land or the path to the promises were filled with what? Giants. Promises are available, but it requires a certain size of faith, certain amount of revelation to march forward and go possess it. You will come against many treacherous enemies, whether in your work, in your marriage, in your community, in your health, but you have to march forward in faith. When I say faith, your trust and confidence in God that comes through revelation. We'll get to that in a second. So all the promises of God are in Christ are yes and amen, but not all everyone's possessing it. God is an equal opportunity person. He doesn't uh, want anybody to enjoy less than others. But however, you see some people are enjoying more promises and some people are not. That's because on how you tap into it. And we're going to look in detail about it. So Judges 6 verse 3, the Bible says, Whenever the Israelites sowed their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, 
and the people of the east would come up and invade them, encamping against Israel as far as Gaza, and destroying the produce of the land, and they left Israel with no sustenance. Every time you sow, there is a warfare against it. Every time the devil knows you are about to go to the next level, all hell will break loose. That's because you are very close to your next promise, the next manifestation, the next promise. You will never be able to get anything into your hand without a fight. Meaning, whenever there's something good, I'm not talking about the average stuff which you can get. Anything good in your life, substantial level of blessings in life, would only be coming to you through a fight. You have to put a fight. You got to learn to fight. There's not enough fighters, I feel, in the Christian church. You got to have a militant attitude and not give up. We do not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. No matter how dismal it looks on the outside, we do not accept all that news. Joshua and Caleb said, when the other men saw giants, we saw great promises. When the whole Israelites saw the size of Goliath, they started to tremble. But David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who, who do you trust more in? What do you see in your day-to-day -day life? Do you see the giant or do you see the power of God operating through you to slay the giant? Thank you, Jesus. So the enemy is after your sustenance. He's after your whole family. He wants to wipe you out. He doesn't like any Christians. I'll tell you that much. He wants to take us out. He wants to completely ruin our testimonies and make us like salt that doesn't have any savor. That's his goal. And our goal is to understand the protocol of war and fight him back and crush him under our feet. My son yesterday, my six-year-old son, was baptized in the spirit. So I have a video of this. He was rolling in the floor. And he had seven visions. Seven visions. <laughs> and this was amazing because he, I, 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 I was hoping that my older ones would do this first. But my youngest one started to prophesy yesterday so amazingly that we, the whole family was just sitting and listening. And... Um, so one of them, he said, one of the visions he said was, Dad, Mom, I see God chopping off the, our enemy's head one by one. And not only that, he's finally chopping off the king pin, the king of the ring. And, uh, and, the, and he said he sees the word victory all over uh, the realm. And he had more, uh, he gave me seven distinct visions. And the reason I say that is because the enemy knows his time is short. Because once the church rises up in Revelation, we're going to cut his head off. There will be no, there'll be no more room for any mercy <laughs> with the enemy. And so the enemy is after our family, after our sustenance. He's not only after what you are going to get. So he knows if they, the minute you sow something... He's after your harvest. But now he's also after what you have currently. It's not just about what you're going to have, but he also wants to wipe out what you have currently. Ruthless enemy, 
we don't give enough credit or we don't enough we don't cite him enough the one of the devil's main goal is to uh, to operate in the hiding he does not want to be exposed you can blame the democratic party or the republican party you can blame your husband or your wife but he does not want to be exposed all these evil works every every crisis happening in the human realm it's because of satan and his cohorts you have to name it out you have to when we address and confront any issues whether in the family society country we got to identify and expose the principalities and powers behind it they are the ones they want to keep in the hiding and wreak havoc so in order to fulfill or possess the promise of god i need i have some principles that i want to teach you today because we've been a lot of people have been waiting 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 and the god wanted to reemphasize some of these points to all of us number 1 cleanse the first word he gave me today was cleanse and the verse he gave me was from second corinthians 7:1 he says therefore beloved since we have these promises let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles body and the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of god I told us before we cannot play with sin we have to stay away from error whether it's in our speech in our Our body in our heart in our thoughts we have to fight that thing we have to remain in the integrity of divinity that god has made us in we can't go against the grain we have to press hard to remain obedient to god I'm not saying it's going to come off easy but we got to do everything in our capacity to align our life in obedience when i say obedience is also obeying the seasons of life many people in america many christians i mean i mean christians i'm not talking about the world are not where they are supposed to be at because they are not obedient in certain seasons of life i don't know how to explain this but every season every decade of your life has some significant milestones you do not walk by you know many people say i don't want to get married because i don't feel like it i don't want a job because i don't feel like it if you go by your feelings you're going to drink from the cup of misery a little later we can't go by feelings we go by what is written in the word of god what is known as what's the right thing to do in every season of life no matter how i hate my marriage or she hates her marriage you got to remain in the marriage i can't go by my feelings you understand you got to bite the bullet and remain in your marriage unless there is adultery or something else but by and large the reasons for divorce in america is so fickle and guess what you're not going to be able to fulfill your destiny with all those kind of mess ups in your path no matter what you do If you didn't get married at the right time if you are divorced now because of some petty excuses and if you are doing this and that playing with sin and adultery you're not going to be able to fulfill your destiny okay this earth realm is full of protocols the enemy will not give you an inch if you break protocol and that's why no matter how bad it is stay in your marriage <laughs> pray and fight for your spouse 
because your destiny is in line. Pray and fight for your children. Don't give up. This is a fight. So therefore, beloved, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles body and spirit. He's saying, you know, based on what we need to cleanse our body and spirit? Based on these promises we have. In order to fulfill these promises, you got to be on a cleansing journey. There's no other way it will be released to you. If you haven't done certain things in certain junctures of your life, you're not going to receive the promises unless you get back up and go back and do what you need to do. Second point. So first is cleansing. We have to focus on cleansing this year, meaning we got to really audit. Lord, what is... Uh, uh, psalmist said it this way, Lord, show me any grievous ways in me. Let me expose it to me so that I can correct it because that is standing in the way of your promises. You got to close the gap. Number two, this year we have to really mature or grow up. Let me tell you this example. A parent promises his child a bicycle and the child from that point on focuses on what? The promise. But then the parent, uh, you know, over the months, he looks at the child and realizes that, you know what, he's not in alignment or he has not um, come to that place in character where I can release this promise yet. And the parent knows what's best for the child. So he, he might just delay that bicycle promise or reroute it or whatever he might do. But the child is all about what? I want that promise. But the parent is about what? I want to do what is best for the child. This year, or at any year, the reason father sometimes keeps delaying some of these promises is you have not grown up. The maturity hasn't happened yet. It's not that he don't want to release the promise, but you have not come to the place of maturity that he wants you to be so that he can release it. Proverbs 132, Proverbs 1, verse 32 says, The prosperity of fools shall destroy them. If you give a million dollars to a fool, he will burn it up in a day, and he'll become bankrupt again. The prosperity of fools shall destroy them. In other words, you cannot give somebody something that they can't handle because they're going to destroy themselves. You've seen the lottery winners and other, a lot of cases. Similarly, in the spirit realm, God cannot release certain things to you, certain blessings to you, certain promises to you, unless and until you grow up. You got to be able to handle it. You got to be mature enough to respond to it in the right fashion. Otherwise, it will it'll destroy you, whether it is finances, whether it's ministry, whether it's promotion. I've seen several people promoted at work so fast they create a shipwreck, meaning suddenly they had to be fired or terminated because they just can't handle it. It was too early. They weren't mature enough to deal with people. They weren't compassionate enough to deal with people. So the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. The waywardness of the naive will kill them. Proverbs 132. So second point is focus on maturing this year. Third one, which I can't emphasize enough again, is prayer. So we will all say we pray. The Lord reminded me again, this kind of prayer ain't enough. 
it, it, it is not enough at this current level of and degree of prayer that we all carry. It is not enough. He is looking for a church that will sharpen the blade of prayer. He's been just telling me about this over and over again. In order to receive some of your promises or all of your promises, you got to learn to travail and prevail in prayer. And that means turning off a lot of distractions daily and pressing in in his presence. It's a lot of pressing in. I'm telling you because, therefore, beloved, because of these promises, there's so many promises at hand, you cannot download it or receive it unless you change the level of your prayer life. You have to be deliberate about it this year. In the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, I don't feel like it, but I'm just going to kneel down, open the scriptures, read out a psalm, or just cry out before God. We have to press in. Because God, as I mentioned before, God is looking for trading, active trading. We are not going to the trading floors enough. We are not. We'll say a quick word of prayer, a quick KLO radio, or a quick prayer in the car. That's not enough to get Pull out what belongs to you. Recovering things from the devil's hand is a battle. God told me yesterday, my son, the battle is intense. The battle is very intense. We might think, what? how come? No, 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 no. What you're talking about is warring against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. To release what belongs to you, there is an intense battle. And all you got to do is be in an intense posture of prayer. The Bible says, Bible says when Moses kept lifting his hands, the Amalekites started, getting, started to get defeated. But then his hands got tired, hands started to droop down. What happened? The enemy starts to prevail again. And then they, what they did is they kept a stone under his hand. Un, un, until sunset, his, his hand kept uh, raising higher. And the Bible says by sunset, Israel is completely annihilated. The whole of the enemies. He utterly defeated them. But what it talks about is the intensity of prayer that is required to bring down your promises. Uh, can you live the way you live today? Yes. But that's an average. You're just way, living way beyond, uh, way beneath your potential. There's too many good things in store for you out there. And you got to put up a fight. Jesus. Pray. Do not give up. As I, the, word gave, uh, the Lord gave me this morning. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm telling you, do not underestimate God. He can do anything at any time, but if you can just sit in the posture of prayer. You don't have to believe what they say, tell about you in the job or in the medical department. None of that. It's nothing. God can change the verdict in an instant. That's the power that working for us, toward us who believe. There's great power, exceeding abundant great power working to all those who believe. We underestimate God. We have, we've kind of put God, a cap on God. Do not. There is great power at work. He wants some people with great faith. Thank you, Jesus. Pray. Uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times. With every kind of prayer and petition, 
To this end, stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers for all the saints. We got to intensify in prayer. Thank you, Lord. And the fourth point that I have is, and the most important point for today's message, you have to fight. You got to be like a soldier. Apostle Paul said, endure hardships like a good soldier. You got to have a soldier mentality. You got to have a fighter mentality. You just cannot, no matter what he brings, you got to stand up, rise up, and cut that devil down. He will try from many angles. The Bible says, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing shall come nigh me. What do you do? You need to stand up and slay every enemy that comes against you and your household. You got to learn to fight. You know, recently a prophet said, every time a saint prays or declares, the prophet saw fireballs, fireball going out in the spirit realm. Fireball going out in the spirit realm. So it's just like in the physical we see when war breaks out, missiles and explosions happening. In the spirit realm, whenever the saint hits a knee or declares a word, fireballs are going out. But we are not releasing enough fireballs because we do it for five minutes and then we are, we are quenching it. We, we cannot give up. We got to release the fireballs to the spirit realm. The enemy needs to know we are too hot to handle. This is why the enemy stays under the radar. Because the minute, you get, the minute he is exposed that there is a working of the devil, the real saints will put him in trouble. Because the fire will be too hot to handle. Luke 11, verse 21, verse 22 says, For when a strong man fully armed and guards his palace, his possessions are safe. Until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him off his weapons, and carries off his belongings. You know who is the stronger one than the devil? It's us. It's us. The Bible says, Until someone even stronger attacks and overpowers him, Strips him of his weapons and carries off his belongings. Too many things have been held in the holding tank by the devil. You know that? We got to go and plunder his house. You got to go and be able to recover what belongs to you. You got to have some prayer partners in your circle. Some real fiery prayer partners. That you will you'll shake all hell. The devil will say, listen, no more. Here it is. Take it and go. We cannot do this on our own, my friends. We have to, you have to identify very powerful partners in the church, outside the church, to pray along with. One can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. Compounding power. When two or more agree in something, the power of prayer is just amazing. So you got to learn to have some phone numbers that you can quickly call when you need. Because there is, in the spirit realm, there is compounding power. One, ten thousand, uh, one thousand, two can chase, ten thousand. Not double, but ten times more. A lot of power. So imagine three, four, five. <laughs> the devil is dead after that. Second Corinthians 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Too many strongholds, my friends. You know, many of us came to faith 
But, no, but nobody taught us about all these strongholds that we inherited from generations, from our influences, from witchcraft. Until a person learns to demolish all these, you cannot move forward. I'm telling you, no matter how good of a Christian you are, once you come to faith, you have to take time to go through a cleansing process. A lot of the generational strongholds are holding people back. What the forefathers did and what foremothers did, what the race did. And you might, you might wonder, why am I struggling like this? I'm doing everything right. But why can't I just make any progress? That's because there is generational strongholds that need to be broken off. And you know how you do that, my friends? That's why you're in this church. You do it through prophetic giftings. A Baptist church is not going to teach you this. You can sit there and die there in your stronghold. Only a Pentecostal, charismatic, spirit-filled church with the prophetic giftings can identify and, and reveal the root of your problem. They'll tell you what exactly, whether from your father's house or your mother's house or from your forefather's house, what is the root of your issues. And until you pluck out that root and burn it in fire, you cannot move forward the way you want to. And that's also, that surgery and that procedure also is done by who? Apostles and prophets. This is why the apostolic is so important, the prophetic is important. Until, unless apostles decree certain things, nothing will happen. I remember I told you about Apostle Clay. You know, I'm in the habit now of inviting him for anything significant because when he steps in before my next breakthrough, it just opens up for me. Because he's, he's carrying the apostolic prophetic mantle. And as, as I told you the other day, when the priest stepped on the Jordan River at first, Israelis were to follow, what happened? Jordan pardoned. So it's important to tap into the apostolic prophetic. Apostle Dutch, when you, when you see him here, when he comes, get prayer from him. Ask him to declare the blessing over you because they carry a lot of weight. You can break through on many areas that you, you, you wouldn't have been able to do in 15 years. Apostolic and prophetic, so important. We got to exercise it more. I daily would get prophetic counsel before I do anything. That's why I told you guys, do not go by your feelings. Your feelings can be so biblically, you think, you know what? It's so aligned with the Bible. But guess what? Many a times your feelings are wrong. Do not make any decisions in life without prophetic guidance. I'm just telling you so you don't waste your time. You Either you hear from God clearly or have a prophet give you a word on what to do before you make a significant step in, step in your life. It is, there is no shame in, in tapping onto the giftings. You are tapping onto the gifting of teaching in my life. Or you're tapping onto the gift of something else in others' life. It's okay. That's how we are. Iron sharpens iron. You have to be bold enough to tap into each other's giftings. Because your life, you don't want to be running around circles. You don't want this hit or miss thing. You want to reach your destination as fast as possible. You got to be smart. That's what Jesus said. Be wise as serpents. You know how sharp, uh, how wise snakes are? He said, be wise as serpents. Don't be a fool. Don't be a simpleton. Be wise as serpents. Don't go by your feelings. Walk by prophetic guidance. Walk by what's written in the word of God. No matter what I've, yes, I like painting and artistry. But I know it, it ain't going to pay me nothing. So I'm going to go study 
and get a job that pays me. You know, yeah, I don't feel like sitting in the office, but I have paid, I, I have bills to pay. We can't go by feelings, my friends. Do what is right. Bite the bullet in the early years of your life so that you can have an uh, enjoyable life afterwards. The culture has taught youngsters to go by your feelings. You feel like painting on the containers and uh, wall art and, and music. I'm not against music, but most of the musicians are broke. Only one person make. So that's fine. Pursue music, but get a real job too. Many, people, many, many Christian kids are in Bible school. 90% after that, no job. Because there's not enough churches that are making enough money to pay all of them. Go find a real trade and a real job. You can do ministry on the side. You don't need to struggle and then curse God and die. Be smart. That's what Jesus said. Be wise as serpents. Apostle Paul, one of the greatest apostles. What did he do? He, went, he was a tent maker. What I'm trying to say is the society is now so jacked up that we go by feelings and if I don't feel right, I don't feel that environment is right. But they're struggling and breaking their backs, these kids. Number three, you need mental, uh, next point, you need mental stamina. You need mental stamina to fight. The reason I say that is <coughs> the battlefield of your mind. If you don't have a level of mental stamina to process what the enemy is sending and overcoming it, you stand no chance. The battle is very intense. You, you need to learn to program your mind to counter every imagination that he brings against your mind. And you have to learn. This is the, this is the time period when you develop the mental stamina. God will send small, small problems, but then you fight it with the word of God. And eventually you become a mental, uh, your mind becomes so strong. You become a powerhouse. No matter what the devil throws against you, you cast it down immediately. Because why? You always have a counter argument through the word of God in your mind. Your mind has to be processing. Whenever the enemy sends a negative thought, a depressive thought, you have to develop enough mental stamina through the word to counter it out. You need a strong mind renewed in the word of God to defeat the enemy and release your possessions. Man, I'm telling you, mental strength is so important and that we have to start developing it because the tribulations and the trials and the temptations that are about to come, if you don't have a strong mind, a sound mind, you will not be able to stand. It will be very difficult. Many Christians are depressed. Depression is a big problem in Christian churches. Why? good Christians, but they do not have enough mental stamina or fortitude developed to counter the arguments of the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. And then, remember I told you, exposing the enemy. Psalm 21, verse 8. So God would always first, you know what he does before he does any damage to the enemy? He will first expose it. And we had to pray in our daily prayer, Lord, expose the enemies in my life, in my affairs, in my work. It's so important to enemies to be exposed. Not everybody who's smiling at you are your friends. Not everything that is happening in your life is good for you. 
God will have to expose the people and the places and the things so that you can deal with it severely. The Psalm 21 verse 8 says, your, your hand will find out all your enemies. Your right hand will find out those who hate you. And guess what? So once they are exposed, once you identify, oh my God, this is what is causing problems. And he is or she, once you find out the thing or the place or the people that has been causing problems, then you can rise up in your anointing. And what will you do? It says, you will make them as a blazing oven when you appear. The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath and fire will consume them. A holy anger will have to rise when, you, when God reveals your enemies. Then there will be no more mercy. You would have to stand up and declare a thing and it shall be established. Remember last time I told you when you see a bad dream or a problem, you'll have to rise up. Do not just accept the dream. Instead, I, I, a prayer like something like this, a declaration in the name of Jesus, I release the angels with flaming swords and weapons of warfare to cut down the head of my enemies, to cancel every evil dreams and plans against me, programmed against me this day. I, I, I wash it with the blood of the Lamb. I release the fire of God to consume it. So you, until you release certain things, nothing will happen. The whole creation is waiting for your word decree. You release a word and it shall be established. There are a few, me, the, a few young men making fun of Elijah back in the Old Testament. And Elijah said, if I be a man of God, now I call fire from heaven to consume all of you. In less than five minutes, all of them are gone. We don't have, I mean, this is, they are, he's not talking about a literal situation there. It is actually a spiritual implication. Whenever you face certain trials and emergencies, you immediately stand and call the fire of God. You say, God, if I be your child, I pray that you would send fire from above to consume my adversaries right now. You have to call it down. Don't sit there and imagine something is going to happen. You say, I call fire from heaven to consume my adversaries. Hallelujah. Psalm, uh, Psalm says, Psalm 21, 8 says, The Lord will swallow them up in his wrath, and his fire will consume them. You have to learn to call down fire. That's a simple declaration that you can do when you are faced with crisis. Uh, the Bible also says that fire goes before him and consumes his adversaries on every side. Thank you, Lord. My friends, we all are key targets of the enemies. He hates us. Satan hates us because we are, we've come to faith. And he does not want us to rise up to our rightful position. He's scared of us. And as I said, once you find out who you are and the power you carry, you will make your enemies like a blazing oven. And you will swallow them up in your wrath. This is why holy anger is a good thing. Because sometimes God will take you to that end of your frustration so that you can sometimes just rise up in your holy anger. Because that emotional outburst that comes out when you have a holy anger, that releases a lot of power in the spirit realm. So not all frustrations are bad. It's a way for God to move in great power through your life.
Hallelujah. And and the next point is that God not only wants to expose the enemy, He also wants you to completely plunder the enemy. And the Greek word is diarpezo, D-I-A-R-P-A-Z-O. It really means to completely destroy the enemy and plunder the enemy. In other words, you don't leave a little bit of that enemy behind. I'll read this from Deuteronomy 20, verse 16. The word, the word of the Lord says, In those cities that the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, destroy every living thing. You must completely destroy the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Completely destroy them. Do not leave even a stubble behind. Many a times we deal with enemies, but we leave the remnant, a little bit of remnant behind. You shall not show any mercy to some of the wicked workers out there. You have to completely annihilate them or else they'll come back and torment you again. Just as God wants agents here on earth, you know, God has a great plan of salvation through the message of gospel and awakening to the whole world. Why can't God just do it himself? That's not how he operates. He wants who? Us. In the earth realm, he wants us, the agents, to move and move his agenda. Similarly, the devil can't do anything directly either. Who, who does he need? He needs bodies. And he's deceived a lot of people into doing black magic, witchcraft, sorcery, and uh, this, uh, this, and the Christian church has been unaware of what's going on in the spirit realm. A lot of this witchcraft, sorcery, black magic has wrecked havocs in the Christian circles. A lot of people are just crazy and sick and broke and the root is enemies using his agents to raise up his trading. We show no mercy to witches, sorcerers, wizards. The Bible clearly says, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. What that means is you're not going to take a physical gun and go shoot anybody. That's not what I'm talking about. You fight it in your prayer closet. You release the angels of God to take vengeance where it belongs. Now, if you leave any of them behind, they're going to come and torment you again. And that's why God told Israelites, do not show any mercy to them. Wipe them out completely. So in the spirit realm, you got to be a militant, releasing what needs to be released, and the angels will do your assignment. It's the angels doing this, actually. You know that? There's an angel of death, the angel of war. There's all sorts of angels ready to be released at our command. If you know in South Haven, Mississippi, or in any of these parts of this, there is witchcraft. Actually, they're all revealed to me. There is a seat of witchcraft in Memphis trying to hinder churches like ours. We got to actively fight it. We got to say, God, release fire from heaven to consume every seat of witchcraft in Memphis. The people of God cannot operate in their full potential unless some of these is dealt with at the root. So he talks about the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Parasites. One of these days I'll give you the details on what this all means. It's a different kind of demonic warfare that is trying to hinder you from your promised land. You got to utterly deal with them and then you will get into the pinnacle of your promises. But we have to fight them one by one. And these are not small uh, battles. This requires a lot of 
armoring. You got to wear the full armor of God. You got to be prepared for the day of battle. And we'll do it as a team. We got to do it as a team too. Don't think you can do this alone. We do this very strategically. We'll go and not only defeat the enemy, but plunder the enemy. You'll be surprised when you really deal with stuff in the spirit realm, the amount of stuff that gets released in the physical realm. Suddenly, the job promotion that is blocked up, boom, get released. The finances, the inheritance that is blocked up gets released. I'm just telling, things that had been blocked up for several years, when you deal with the root of issues, it just gets released instantly. And the next and the final weapon I want to tell you about how and how to possess your promise is tithes and offerings. It's very important. Many people have no clue about this. Many good Christians, when emergency hits, they have no idea how to fight the battle. Your tithes and offerings are key weapons in the earth realm. When you, when you sense devourer devouring your crops, and I say crops today, your finances, your health, you need to ensure that tithe is released into the storehouse. Why? You might ask why. That's a protocol in the earth realm. There's always transactions happening. If you're not a tither, you're going to be hit in all sides. There will be no way you'll get up. No matter how good of a prayer warrior you are, but if you're not a tither, I, I, without any shame I can tell you this, you will not be able, you will, God will not be able to protect you in His covenantal protection. You might make, you might, you might barely escape certain things, but that's not how He wants it. He wants to put a dead stop to what the enemy is doing. And when you release a tithe, you will see the power of that protocol. God has given you everything, including your life. Why can't you set apart 10% of what belongs to you to Him? My friends, be smart. Be wise as serpents. Do not steal what belongs to God. Set apart your 10% to God. And you will see how, how much of a protection and a bloodline He draws around you. And number two, to offerings. Very important. I've told this before also in the trading floors classes. Your offerings is so important. You got to learn how to, when you come here and put your offerings designated. Why, why, you, may, you might ask me why. When you go to a Starbucks, do you just throw $5 and just wait? You designate and say, I need a latte. I need a cappuccino. I need a piece of cake. Solomon, you know, went and did a big offering in the temple. He didn't designate it. The Lord appeared to him that night and said, Solomon, tell me, give me a designation what you need. You just don't give an empty offering out here. Why? Because the whole earth life is on what? Protocols. You got to learn how to transact. When, when all hell breaks loose, make sure your, your tithe is paid. If not, cut the check, immediately release it to the church. And yes, you tithe now. Next, what else do you need? Have you done your offerings? Specifically, your children are going all haywire. Guess what? Put an offering. Say, Lord, this offering is for my children's obedience. You can write children obedience, children's obedience, whatever it is. Write it specifically and put the offering. Why? The angels are looking. This is just like transaction. Angels are looking. Okay, what is this for? Oh, okay. I'm going to go on assignment. Malachi 3, verse 4 and 5 says, Once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem. 
He says, when the right offerings come forth, he also says this, I will appear among you to judge, and I will testify at once against those who practice magic, witchcraft, against adulterers. So in other words, all these arrows coming against us, God will instantly deal with it when there is righteous offerings and tithes being released. Do not withhold what belongs to God. Another practice that I do, I just want to share with the church, I try every day before I do any spending any daily. My first offering is to God. I have an app called PushPay. So because I don't know to type all my information, like PayPal, but I would give it give some amount of my money first first transaction, financial transaction, pretty much daily, I will give it first to the kingdom. Because when I looked at the audit of what I do daily, I go to Starbucks, I go to Walmart, I go to cafeteria for lunch. Why can't I start my day of giving something to the kingdom? My first financial transaction would always be with God. Because I aimlessly, thoughtlessly, I would spend to everywhere else. So I always start my first fruits with God every day. I try to do that. Why? Because the enemy is looking for a gap to get in, and I want to seal my day daily. I want to fortify it. My first transaction will always be with God. Like I said, it's not the amount that matters. It's about just releasing what belongs to Him. Now, if you are a frugal person, you wouldn't spend any money, I understand. But just check every daily. Do we go to any stores every day? Do We do. We do some transaction daily, whether it's at the gas station. We have no issues giving money out to everybody else. But as a protocol for your blessing, your first transaction may be with God. Whether it's a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, whatever it is. Say, God, before I give Starbucks, I first give you the, my offering. And this I usually designate as a peace offering or a victory offering. I just, that's it, my first transaction of the day. I have to do it. Because the Lord clearly told me, actually from the book of uh, Ecclesiastes, Sow your seed in the morning and also in the evening. There's a verse. You can go look it up. And that's where he started this thought process of, yes, I spend a lot of money daily. Why can't I start with God? And that has blessed me and my family a lot. Because I know, I've seen when all hell breaks loose, one offering can stop, dead stop the devil. I've seen it over and over again. Because... This whole earth realm is moving in transactions, whether you like it or not. It is not about coming and singing a few nice worship songs and going home. You have to be wise as a serpent. You need to learn how to transact. You need to learn when to release your tithe. You need to know when to release your offerings. You need to learn how to designate your offerings. Not only that, you need to learn how to organize your life. Don't think you can do tithes and offerings and live the way you want. Be smart. Be agile. Thank you, Jesus. So this year, as I mentioned last week, is a year of war. A war in a good way. You have to battle for what belongs to you. You have to battle for all that you've lost over the years. The Bible says in the book of Joel, I will restore to you the years, the canker worm, and the palmer worm had eaten. I will restore to you the years of blessings back to you. 
We've lost a lot, my friends, whether you like it or not. Every one of us have had some or other form of losses. Now you have to rise up in holy anger and recover that what belongs to you. And you do that strategically, starting with a solid prayer life. You got to be consistent in prayer. Whether you feel it or not, get on your knees in the morning. Get in the afternoon, uh, find a conference room or find a place to, or in the car. Go. Evening. We got to religiously do this. There is a, you know, when, when the Bible says in the book of Psalms, um, I, I praise him seven times a day. David says that. In the midnight I rise up. It's all talking about protocols. Because my, my six-year-old yesterday, while he was uh, prophesying one other vision, he told a number too. He was telling his mom, Mom, the Lord was testing your faith also that in the midst of adversity, how many times you praised. <laughs> Can you believe this? And he said, it seems, the Lord said to her, uh, him, that Lord was testing whether you praised him at least 10 times a day. In the midst of adversity, he gave a number to her. <laughs> so, we have to find time to continue to be in the presence of God this year. This is not an easy thing, my friends. I don't know. I've heard many Christian radios. And other oh, gospel is so simple. And yeah, right. There's a lot of protocol that you need to learn how to operate and be an overcomer in this realm. So press in this year. Come on, let's stand up for a second. Let's close it. I want you to war today in this, this, this uh, time, five or six minutes. Let's just war in the spirit realm. Stir up the holy anger in you. Whatever the enemy has distracted you, delayed you, diverted you. Ask God and his angels. Come on, even you can call upon the angels of God. Assign them up now. You know, assign them to start mobilizing for you. Whatever has been lost, stolen, to be recovered. Make fresh consecration as well. So the Lord told me that as well. To make fresh consecrations. Fresh, uh, fresh decisions. So saying, Lord, I repent of my lack of prayer, my laziness, my indifference toward you. I repent, Lord. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, repent from where you have fallen. And then I will light up your lampstand again. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, Tabitha, are you here? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just keep praying, pressing in. Stir up the holy anger in you. Ask God to stir up the fire. All the devil, all injustice is done against you. Against your bloodline. Against your family. Against your finances. Against your destiny. Rise up in anger. Cut that devil's head off. Hallelujah. Come on, command the devil to... Restore back what he has stolen. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, when the thief is found, he should restore back sevenfold of what he has stolen from you. Come on, ask him to restore it back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You belong under the blood covenant of the Lord. No more. Enough is enough. Come on, everybody say, enough is enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command... The angels of God to be mobilized for all the saints that are gathered here. Lord, you know what the enemy has done, the damages the enemy has done against our lives over the years, oh God. Thank you, Lord. We hold on to the promise in the book of Joel that you will restore the years. 
that the enemy had stolen from us. You will restore our fortunes. You will change our conditions. When God changes your condition, it's like a dream. You will forget all the pain of the past. He wipes out all the tears. That's the radical miracle working power of God. When He touches a person, when He changes your conditions, it radically shifts. Come on, I want you to, some of you have to cry out to God. This, your, your cry is what heaven needs. Your emotional release is what God needs. You know, the woman with the issue of blood, no matter what, how many people are around her, she cried out. She said, I won't go until you heal me. I won't leave, oh God, until you recover. Hallelujah. Jesus. Every stronghold, every evil work of the enemy against these people here. Come on, lift your hands for a second, everybody, all over the building. In the name of Jesus, as a, as a priest of God, I cut down every evil works. Every binding against your life be broken off now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, use the sword of God. Use the sword of God. Release the word.